What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 18, three guys from the South Side. My name is Mike Merrick, coming to you live from Dallas, Texas. With me, as always, John Rahm's number one fan, Boyce Bernardi, uh, curling champion, Illinois. Boyce, how are we feeling? Good. Uh, John. I was worried. John Rahm might not have been able to play the Masters because his wife was giving birth to John Rahm Jr., but um, fortunately the baby came a week early, and um, I'm going to throw a lot of stats out this this uh, this podcast, but the one that sticks out to me the most is John Rahm has never lost a Masters since he's been a dad. True, true. At least he's not on Hell Cabrera. We'll get we'll we'll get to more of that here in a few minutes. Uh, Davey picks a lot. Dave McAvoy, uh, Chicago, Illinois. Dave, how are we doing tonight? Um, not so bad, all things considered. Gonzaga let me down just to to finish off the uh, probably one of the worst tournaments that I've had financially in some time. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, a little baby retirement. Who knew that I was going to retire for the fifth time in as many weeks this week? But uh, I'm sure that I'll end up having action on the the Masters. So it'll be it'll it's great to have that back at the time of year it should be, and you can see the azaleas and everything. It'll be good. What did Dave? What's that, what's that meme uh, from that Tiger show last year on Netflix? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm never going to financially recover from this. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys God, see? Did you guys see a couple of weeks ago, uh, or like a month or two ago now, when uh, it was like Trump's last day, and uh, the Tiger King Joe Exotic got a, a limo waiting, had a limo delivered to be waiting outside for him in case he got pardoned, and he did not get pardoned. <laughs> he did not get pardoned. Confirmed. Nothing wrong with playing that. I like it. Right. I wonder. I wonder if his new newer husband would have been there waiting for him. Who knows. Well, it's um, fine. I had a I had a limo waiting outside for me on that Sunday that Illinois was playing Loyola, and I had to cancel that too. So, <laughs> yeah, cancel, cancel the bring truck, the Brinks truck, cancel everything. I'm right there with you, Dave. Not a not a great, uh, not a great well, tournament, but hey, it was it was good. I will say quickly here, it was good to see you boys this last weekend. Uh, good to be home for the Easter weekend. See you guys, see some family. So good to. Uh, Good to check in. I, I know uh, we got a we got a big, big summer ahead of us. But Dave, you mentioned Gonzaga, a little bit of a letdown. Let's rewind a little bit from the championship game to the Final Four. Gonzaga's buzzer beater was unbelievable. Uh, I think I think we can all agree with that. I was on the wrong end of that game, of course, uh, first half and game line. Uh, but I did make it up by by getting on the Baylor over. Uh, which I mean, damn, they cruised past Houston, uh, in that final four game. My, my free picks went one and two, uh, general reactions from that, that final four, uh, those two matchups and, uh, then also the championship game. Uh, let's get into it. Yeah. My Houston pick couldn't have been, uh, I had two really bad picks in the NCAA tournament. Um, I'd probably say Colorado final four being the only PAC 12 team not to make it to the sweet 16, and then uh, my Houston plus five um, thing against Baylor. And the th- I, I watched the opening tip off, and then I saw that 
Um, Houston missed their first three shots. They got the rebound every time they went up three, nothing. And then it was all downhill from there. And I should have saw the writing on the wall, the way Baylor played in the semis that they would have took care of Gonzaga, but man, that team took care of business. Congrats to Baylor. They a hundred percent deserve it. Um, and they couldn't miss on, they couldn't miss last night. It was extremely impressive. Boys. What about, um, what about that Gonzaga UCLA game? It was pretty tight. Most of the game, UCLA obviously, you know, making a pretty substantial comeback in the second half, but you know, and, and of course we had the the buzzer beater, which everyone you know had, has seen by this point. But what were your thoughts about Gonzaga after that game, going into that championship game against Baylor? Um, I think they definitely looked tired um, about that, and I don't think it's because they played a later game and they went to overtime. I think UCLA took a lot out of them, and I think it does. I think it is kind of a factor playing close games because you've been there before, you have experience. Gonzaga blew teams out, and they didn't really know how to respond, and I think one thing they got away from with the Final Four, and I can't believe they did this with Mark Few, who I think is a great coach, is they stopped giving Timmy the ball. And they went more one-on-one, pick and roll, and they didn't hit it to Timmy. And Kispert, I'm a fan of, but, man, he had a horrible tournament. And they just stopped feeding the ball to Timmy, and I think that's when it kind of went downhill, and they didn't have a plan B. I agree. And not to mention not to mention Suggs, you know, didn't play, especially in the championship game. Obviously, he didn't get off to a great start. So, tough one uh, when you really can't get your – your big name players moving, but Dave, what about you? Uh, I know you're again on, on Gonzaga pretty heavy. Uh, what are your thoughts from, from this weekend and, and how the tourney finished? Well, yeah, that Gonzaga UCLA game was easily the best of the entire tournament. Uh, and how about them getting an offensive call right down the stretch? I thought that was a correct call uh, when Timmy drew that charge down the stretch. Um, yeah. One of the things that I wanted to talk about though, actually was, you guys are Big Ten fans. How in the fuck was Bo Borowski allowed to be on that staff for the championship game? He made a All right, Dave, that's an Illini. This is a Illini fake news thing. This is like an Illini fake news. I think Bo Borowski's a good ref. No, please. There's a, there's already a petition out there from uh, on change.org from Michigan and Michigan State fans, not from Illinois fans, from Michigan and Michigan State fans. It's got 3,500 signatures. Yours truly signed it today, so hopefully we can get this uh, <laughs> to, to Uncle Joe. Um, but think about it, though. There's two Big Ten refs that we know the names of, Bo Borowski and Ted Valentine. Now, they're both absolute dog shit. It's and never TV Teddy's not allowed to do Big Ten games anymore. I know. He shouldn't be. Bo Borowski should be I on the same I have a problem list. with it. And then I Angel Hernandez that... and Joe West are the same things. Like, but Okay, I'm with you on Joe West. Off- offensive calls, offensive charge calls, and going to the monitor too much are two of the worst things in, in college basketball. The game didn't end up, it didn't end up mattering because Baylor just destroyed them the entire time. You, Baylor, what's the saying? Like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That was the first time that I think Gonzaga really got punched in the mouth all season. So you can't spot Baylor, a team as good as Baylor, a lead like that, and expect to just expect to come back at any time. And every time Baylor got it or it got under nine or even down to eight, Baylor would come back and go on a little run, and it'd be there's like a more athletic, higher paced version of Illinois Loyola. Yeah, and 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 not to mention how well they shot from three to start the game. I mean, what they start off five for five for five from three. Um, I mean, their bigs got in trouble foul wise towards the end of the first half, but uh, the really the first half of the first half, they they dominated the boards down low too. They, boys, you were saying that they didn't uh, Gonzaga didn't get the ball to Timmy, and then on the other end, Timmy wasn't doing anything defensively against that more athletic 
you know, uh, front court of, uh, of Baylor. So, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting too. Like, um, I'm not a big fan of moral victories, but the way Baylor shot the first half and how bad everything went for Gonzaga, they were only down by 10 and then they come back in the second right. and they run this zone. And maybe you think you're going to have regression to the mean shooting threes, but you, but even if you think that you do not get defensive boards when you're playing zone and Baylor, the first three possessions down, they got nine points off. They got nine points with their offensive rebounding and shooting threes against the zone. It, it was stupid. And then after the first two minutes, it was kind of over and Gonzaga never got close again. To Dave's point, it's tough to come back from that large of a deficit you know, on a team that's that good. And again, you like, start I feel to get... like we, we can't lose sight of the fact that like it was an upset, but it wasn't really a big upset. Baylor was the second no. best team right there with Gonzaga all year. All year for like long. a minor, a minor step back right off of their COVID. Uh, pause, but I mean, Baylor was awesome all year, and it ended up mattering that Jared Butler and Davian Mitchell were just too good for for Gonzaga's guards. Yeah, they couldn't handle they couldn't ha- handle them at all. But look, now that basketball is over, uh, again, I, I think I think we need to refocus, regroup, lick our wounds uh, after all the money that we sunk down the toilet, <laughs> Illinois. Um, but we got a big week. And part of the reason we are recording live on a Tuesday night is it that was a Matthews. Tuesday. Tuesday. It was a Tuesday, Dave. It was, it was a Tuesday. Tuesday. It was it's confirmed. Tuesday. Yeah, those are those days are long behind me, though. I think. <laughs> For those of you at home, I Dave's Tutor, going out on Tudor Tuesday. About, yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ! About six years ago, mercy. Lots well, changed since then, no. Um, but look, again, the reason we're here on a Tuesday recording is that we have the Masters this week, uh, which is going to be the majority of our segment here. Uh, boys, Augusta is back with fans, with fans. Uh, you know, a couple of the execs at Worldwide Express and are going to be down there a few days. Didn't get the invite myself this year, but hoping next couple of years. Who knows? Um, anyways, who do we like? How do we want to get into this? I know I've got a lot of picks. Dave, so do you. Boys, John Rahm just had his kid. Maybe let's let's start there. Uh, was it a boy or girl, and, and, and how is this going to play a factor into his round at Augusta? I, I think as a fa- – I'll speak for the John Rahm fan base, number one spokesperson, number one person on the bandwagon since 2016. Um, I think we're just happy he's here. And the reason is because he's been in the Masters four time, uh, four times and he's finished in the top 10 three times. And I will say last November, I really thought this was going to be the year for him. He went on an absolute rampage in the second round, which is usually his worst round. Um, they ha- couldn't finish because of daylight. And then he came back, had a strong finish, and then he just collapsed. And I think he's learned from that. He's been playing solid all year. I absolutely love John Rahm at 11 and 12 to one. I already put some money on it. I'll tweet it out for our Twitter followers later. Um, and then um, I have a couple dark horses and then a couple people middle of the pack. I'll just go through really quick too. And then I'll let us, we can talk about what you guys like and agree to disagree. Um, Tony Fino, I see 33 to one on points bet. I think that's insane value mentally. He's more screwed up than I am with COVID right now. So I physically, he has all the talent, but mentally when he's in that top five, he just can't close. Webb Simpson's a solid player. I think your driver's overrated in the Masters. Asked Bryson DeChambeau last year. And these last three are just long shots. People say I'm anti-American, but whatever. I love the European. 
Europeans in uh, Hideki Matsuyama. We'll go with Fitzpatrick, 50-1. to 1. He's been inconsistent in this tournament, but he's been playing great all year. I expect him to be in the top 10, top 15. Hideki Matsuyama on points bet is 66-1. to 1. And I've seen somewhere like 30-45, to 45, and I think that's just extra value. Why not throw a 10 or a 20 on that? And lastly, this is just um, another young John Rahm that I really like. Joaquin Neiman um, from Chile, 70-1. to 1. I was really impressed the way he battled at Olympia Fields in the BMW Championship last year, finished in third place behind Rahm and DJ. And he's been playing solid consistently since. I think he'd be a dark horse. And those are my players to win it right there. I'll probably throw 10 and 20 on all those guys. Very solid. Davey picks a lot. Who do you got dialed up? So my approach whenever I'm betting uh, a major or really any golf tournament is unless you have like some inside info or someone has a hot tip for you, which you bet every single time. I generally just bet the guys Every that time. I like or 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 have been betting already. Uh Blaze already picked one of my guys, Tony Finau. I've got him at 35 to 1 on DraftKings. Um Blaze anti-American for you. Uh Yakami, we can give you some foreigners to pick. Uh Cameron Smith, Tommy Fleetwood, uh Sergio 60 to 1. Why not? And another one I got like, oh, I, I, actually, I actually don't like Sergio, but he won it like that 60 to 1 when he won it a couple years ago. Um, and then Louis Ustays and I always pick in our pools, and he's at seventy-five to one. Um, another <laughs> thing we didn't talk about yet is Brooks Kepka tweeted he's back. He's at twenty-eight to one. I don't think he'll end up winning. Um, but did but, you see that stance? Did you see that stance of his? He's clearly not healthy. What? Oh no, no, no! Is he this was... whole thing a ruse? Just like does he does he like lose? Does he lose certain like uh, exemptions or certain sponsorships if he doesn't start at least? No, I think I don't know. a competitor. I mean, I just but I just saw the get, way that some of the some of the pictures looked of him on the practice green. I mean, he's not able to kind of look at putts the way he normally does. I mean, not to say it's going to make a huge difference, but when you're not comfortable with something like that, I mean, it, it's definitely going to play a factor. I don't know how much, but I don't think so, it will. But yeah, so like like to go on my my theory that like just go with the guys you like. It's a great time. Like if you're like a villain type of guy, like Blaze. I'm surprised you don't like all the villains because you're so uh anti-mainstream and you're so contrarian like if you could go with like uh you could do bryson if you wanted to like go ahead and bet him if you want to be contrarian you bet you bet him and then you could bet like fatrick reed if you wanted to because no one likes him either um, he's a cheetah hey yeah. Dave, i hate both those guys when i bet golf i'm with the public besides kepka see because like then you just if you like the favorites and you like the studs you go with like you could pick spieth you could pick dj who's the favorite to win it back to back years or like JT, if you want some of the guys that are good, that should be up there. Uh, personally, like if you want some long shots, Blaze, this is the Blaze Bernardi special. You can get Francesco Molinari at 175 to 1. Why not? Sprinkle a little Francesco bit. Francesco Molinari. Antonio Margarete. Guys, um, you guys. And I'll, he's I'll, throw 90, I'll throw 10 bucks at 90 to 1 on uh, Bubba Watson because he's lefty and he was self-taught in golfing. So is Dave McAvoy. So... <laughs> Merrick, um, how about this? You're in Dallas. Give us a hometown vibe from uh, the liberal media's uh, Jesus Christ, Jordan Spieth. What's Dallas like this week before the Masters? Before I've, the Viagra. I'm sorry, the Valero Open. Everybody is just. Uh, I mean, everyone's saying he's back. He's back. He's back. Right? Like, I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I think. What was it? 2013 or 2014 when he choked at Augusta. I, f- I forget the year, but um, I think that will forever kind of live. 16, I think, because we were in the city 16. already. Oh, geez. Um, the water twice and will it one. Right. 
Right. It, yeah. I mean, I think that still lives in his head. I don't think I don't think he finishes in the top ten personally. Uh, I think he's lucky if he makes the cut. I will say this though. I think I think one of the big uh, the big factor playing into this weekend is the recency factor. Uh, the fact that these players had played this course competitively no less than six months ago, which means I think you're going to see some of the same familiar folks at the top of the leaderboard. I personally, I love JT at 11 to one coming off a big win at the players. Uh, he finished uh, tied fourth uh, at Augusta. I'm number two in the FedEx cup rankings right now. Uh, top 25 in GERS and putting efficiency. Drive for show, putt for Dell, fellas. JT, I'll take him eleven to one. And then the other one I do like for this uh, for this weekend as well. Dave, you said it. Cam Smith, he also sits uh, with JT. Actually, he's ranked a little bit higher uh, in Gur efficiency and uh, overall putting efficiency. Um, but he was tied for second at Augusta uh, back in November. So I think you see his name at the top of the leaderboard come. Uh, come Saturday, and I think if he has a, a, a decent Saturday, puts himself in a, in a good spot to compete on Sunday, I could see him winning it too. So I like both of those golfers. I know a little bit more towards the the, the favorites. God forbid, I know. American, we take public picks, but yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. So, I mean, some. I mean, you can just always pick public picks. You'll be right sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh, God forbid. Wait till we get to hockey. I've got some great public picks coming up here. <laughs> Most. I think the thing with the Masters in November, and I, I don't – with DJ, I don't see DJ um, being a factor. And I think one thing in November was I think, of the course, they didn't know how to, we'll say, manicure it. I'm not a golf club person. I don't golf. I don't think they knew um, what it was going to be like in November because the pros don't play on it then. And I think they made it a little easier than they should have been. I thought the scores were higher than they normally They were high. They were high. I think – and speaking of recency bias, I think players like DJ and people who did well are going to base their success off that and think it's the same course. And I don't think it's going to be like that at all. So I would throw last year out the window and not coincidentally, that was the only time John Rahm didn't finish outside the top 10, but um, I would throw that out there too. And this is a shout out to one of our listeners. He's got a long shot. Uh, he's got a long shot too with uh, Francesco Molinari, uh, Corey Connors, the Canadian up North 95 to one. So that's my thing. Those are my two uh, shout outs right there. Not bad place. Not so, bad place. So yeah, all. then just give me the each one of us give like your pick one of the favorites. Like if you were doing a pool, pick one of the favorites, a couple of the mid tier guys, and a couple of your long shots. Blaze just gave us his. I think if I was going like near the top, I think I would. I have JT written down too. So that's probably a bad sign that we're too public on it. Um, yeah. And we both like we both like. I've got Cam Smith, Tony Finau, and Colin Morikawa. Uh, for like my mid tier guys, and then like I'll end up going with like the Fleet Fleetwood, Ustazen, and Baba are my other guys for a little bit more long shots. I like Ustaz or uh, I like Fleetwood, and I do like Molinari too. Ninety five to one, uh, I think is oh no one seventy five. One seventy five. Yeah, DraftKings has my one seventy five. You want Excuse me. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would. Up. I would put a little bit of money on uh, uh, on the Dago from Southern Italy. So hey, yeah, I can't how, say that. Just think about just think about how far that Italiano uh has fallen. Two years ago, he was, almost had the Masters one and he was 25 to 1 and collapsed on the back nine, and now he's 175 to 1 to win the Masters. And 
The Tiger effect is real. The Tiger effect is real. How about Tiger tweeting out the fact that he he wishes he was at the uh, that that winner's dinner so that he could run up DJ's tab? Uh, that was an absolute legendary tweet, Brian Hammond. Is, is that how it works? The winner has to pay the booth tab. Yeah, yeah, that they, they, they have to pay the dinner tab. Uh, the following and they get year. to right, they get to pick whatever they want yeah. though. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I saw that. I wonder what Danny Willett picked. Probably some chips. Corned beef and cabbage. Corned beef and cabbage. Uh, anyways, it's it should be a great, uh, a very very great week for golf. Uh, I'm excited for a couple naps this weekend while we got it on. Uh, one thing that I I, I put in our notes uh, that I sent you guys earlier that I have to bring up that was absolutely hysterical. Of course, I found on the internet was that on Hal Cabrera. Uh, if you if you look on on PGA. I don't know if it was yesterday or, or if they changed it since, but it said that his next event was Augusta and below was a, was a, a quick news brief that just said, I know Cabrera won't make Augusta. He's currently being held in federal prison in Brazil, awaiting extradition to Argentina, which I could see, uh, Again, it's going to be a pretty big, pretty big fucking problem for this guy. So, what uh, happened? Why was he arrested? I I didn't have I didn't have time to look into it. If you guys do, by all means, please tweet it out uh, at the top at the South Side guys. But Is, was this a, an Esteban Luiza situation where he's like running <laughs> drugs or something? I don't know. I honestly missed a few I, too I many know. cuts and needed to supplement his lifestyle. If any of our 15 listeners from the last two weeks wants to tweet out what the heck is actually going on with uh, Angel Cabrera and why he's not going to be at the Masters, please let us know. Should be 12 listeners then because us three each listen to it. (laughs) I've I've kind of done the opposite of what Angel Cabrera does. I've I've been in the boarding line ready to go on the plane, and then I just left. Oh, my God. I, 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 I I need to look it up when we're done. I, I absolutely I absolutely need to look this up. Um, anyways, what else, boys, for the for the Masters before we uh we're gonna get a quick hockey update uh, and then let uh, let our beloved listeners get back to uh, thinking about how they're gonna make some money on the Masters. But anything else uh, before we wrap? I'm gonna that? do one. I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna give you one more. This is the anti speed play, not anti Dallas. We love Dallas besides Kef, besides Moxos or whatever it is. But- <laughs> Jordan Spieth to miss the cut is uh, five and a half to one. And you know what? If you think Spieth is riding a little too high or he's still got the yips from uh, that collapse five years ago, I think five and a half to one to miss the cut's not a bad play. McAvoy. I've given all my picks, but I, I don't know who I'll end up on. I mean, Blaze obviously hates Jordan Spieth. I li- I didn't even I like that as a bet as a bet though that you could do is just like bet someone to miss the cut and just root for things to go out of bounds all every time. Yeah, I will say like we're not obviously not sponsored by PointsBet yet, but they have a great uh, betting app for golf. I think they have over 314 different wagers you can play, so they got a lot of stuff to fool around with. It's kind of cool. I'd recommend checking it out. Well, I can't no sign up. Ad. I can't sign up remote, can I? No free ads. I don't even know what uh, casino they're affiliated with now, Dav. Oh man. Well, I tried to sign up in the past and I put in the wrong co- promo code, but now they have my email and I can't figure it out. I'd have to call them. So you might already be registered. I might already be registered, right? <laughs> we gotta cut that. All right. 
Uh, hey, let's let's get an update on the NHL. We're getting pretty close uh, to playoff time here. Uh, more than halfway through the season, the All Star break uh, on the horizon. Uh, I've got a quick 60 second update, including a couple hot, red hot picks uh, for Thursday through Saturday. Uh, before before I, I get into my, my quick update here, Dave, you got anything hockey wise you want to touch on? Any picks uh, for the week? Not for the week. Colorado, though, is a heavy favorite again, and I loved them last year. I don't know. I would not bet against them. Um, I'll be, I'll be paying more attention to hockey now. I haven't really been, been paying that close attention to pretty much anything besides college basketball the last few weeks, besides opening day a little bit. Um, do you know, do you have any like dark horse teams that like might be in the middle of the pack that could make a little run here at the end and maybe make some noise as a bit of a long shot? A couple of teams that I picked, uh, if I wasn't going to be on Colorado, um, I already have a future on the Oilers just because of Connor McDavid. And uh, I like the Hurricanes. They, they've been there a few years in a row, and I think that they could, could make some noise in the East. I'm right there with you, Dave, on the Colorado pick. I think that offense is clicking right now. They're getting decent uh, goaltending out of Grubauer. Uh, McCarr's solid on the back end. Uh, I was dying laughing when McKinnon threw his helmet at uh, Connor Garland the other day. They're definitely going to come out of that West Division. Florida's a wagon right now uh, coming out of the Central. I mean, uh, Barkov is playing unbelievable right now. Yandel just had his thousandth game. I think that whole team's playing great. Chicago, <laughs> I, they they lost eleven of seventeen in March. Docs are dead. Gotta, they they got to dig deep if if they're going to make a, a push to even sneak well, in the playoffs. You, did you see their big thing that they actually have to offer, like trade wise? Is they can basically take on like a shitty one year a ton deal of salary because they've yeah, got they like pick, I looked at them today they got, they got twenty one million dollars in cap space because they've got Shaw, Seabrook, and Taze all on the long term IR. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so they could they could end up getting picking up some prospects or a draft pick or two, just because they can take on a salary dump and give one of these contenders a little bit more room to play around. And when you mean one year, does do you mean just the rest of this year or next season too? They would probably just take on something that would be the rest of this year, um, and either just buy it out because I think they meant I thought in the article that I was reading they mentioned uh, Patrick Marlowe a couple years ago that was traded by the by the Leafs I think. And then uh, whoever they were traded to just bought out the contract. Like, he didn't even stay on the team. They just paid him to, to not play anymore. But, uh, like, with trades, though, a couple of names that, that I wanted to bring up uh, that I thought mainly just one just for you, Merrick, is uh, Bobby Ryan's out there. And we know that he does not go to the grocery store and buy his own groceries. He doesn't. No, no. But Bobby's, Bobby's lazy. Bobby's a lazy MFR. That's for damn sure. I mean, dude, they, they, could, they could pick up a salary like a – Orion gets laugh if the Ducks do decide to dish him and and really focus on the rebuild, they could absorb a guy like that. I mean, yeah, I I mean I don't I definitely don't hate it. That's for sure. But they will need to make some acquisitions if they want to even make a, a playoff push. I don't think they would go deep, but um, I I think they will probably make a move if not two uh, to keep a guy like Patrick Kane happy, right? Um, I, I think you still got to think about, you know, that leadership of that team and know that it's definitely, it's not a full rebuild. I, I think they just need to make a few pieces come together, but feet, feet to the coals, feet to the coals, gun to your head right now. What's wrong with Taze? 
I mean, there's those rumors that he's got ALS, but I, I mean, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to put the guy's name in uh, in a bad light, but I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, he he could just be sitting. He could just be sitting you out. You know, like speaking of COVID long haulers, what the hell's going on in Vancouver? I don't know what's in the goddamn water, but they're they're definitely not making the playoffs at this point. They're about to sign Thatcher Demko to a, a five year, like five point five million dollar deal. So there goes more of their cap room. Um, Toronto's the absolute stallion still coming out of that. Uh, Merrick, that was your uh, Stanley Cup pick. It's looking that, that was that was my Stanley Cup pick. I'm all over it. They could. They could, and I'm going to get to the the Mass Mutual East in a minute. They could make a, uh, a move for a big-name player uh, coming out of Buffalo because Buffalo is, God damn it, it's, on, it's a dumpster fire. Um, but the one team to look out for, Dave, you asked me that it could potentially make a move in the playoffs here is Montreal. And if you're Montreal, you are smiling from ear to ear. Stahl's first game, OT, game winner, Far side snapshot. Thanks for coming out, uh, Edmonton. I mean, talk about a great investment for them. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna probably slide into that two, that three, if not two spot uh, in the north. But my play for the weekend, I'm I'm all over all three of these games because you're you're guaranteed to win at least two, at least two of these games. Edmonton is playing Ottawa twice. Hear me out. Five and zero against Ottawa. Two of those games were one goal games. Everything else was obviously two or 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 more. I don't care if you take the puck line. I don't take. I don't care if you take the money line. Take Edmonton. Uh, they're also playing Calgary uh, this weekend as well, Saturday night. So they play Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday against Ottawa. Saturday in Calgary. They're five and two against Calgary on the year. Um, I think in their wins, their average, uh, their average deficit uh, that they're that they're putting on uh, Calgary, they're winning by more than two goals. So, uh, and that's in the Saddle Dome uh, in Calgary. So, I love Edmonton taking at least two of three this weekend uh, against Ottawa and uh, that one game Saturday against Calgary. So, if you can get on it Wednesday, great. If not, hop on Thursday, Saturday, uh, get the Oilers uh, for a pretty good buy. Uh, again, I, I love I love those trends uh, and how they're playing right now. Dave, do you have any um, NHL plays you want to add? No, I already touched on the ones that I like. I already have the Oilers future tickets, so I'm I'm rooting for them. Um, and I like I still I really like Colorado. Uh, I liked them a lot last year, and I'd like them again this year. And like I said, I, I think I'll end up betting on the Hurricanes at some point too. That East Division is so is so packed. I mean. You have Buffalo and New Jersey who are absolute ter- – they're just – they're trash. I mean, but if you look at the top, Washington 54 points, Islanders 52, Pittsburgh 50, and then you got Philadelphia who's fallen all the way down to the fifth spot. Dude, if they figure it out, they could be they could sneak in there and, and, and make a run, but, God, that East division is so deep. I know. And if you're Tampa, you got to be happy you got put in the Central after – Oh, so – oh, my God. So much, especially with how how banged up and hurt and really underperforming the Dallas Stars have been too all year. You know, you have a mediocre Hawks team. Columbus has just been uh, even even with the addition of Line. So it'll be really interesting to see how how some of these divisions play out. But um, 
before we wrap things up, boys, it was 65, 75 degrees on Sunday in the south suburbs. It was beautiful in South Bend, Indiana. What does it look like coming this weekend, Blazer, uh, down there in South Bend? How's Brian Kelly and the boys doing? Uh, April showers brings May flowers. So uh, tough Saturday we got going, uh, 70% chance of rain, high of 68, low of 46, and uh, wind's going to be 10 to 15 miles an hour. So we're not at DEFCON level one like last Saturday, but uh, we're still pretty high up there. And uh, just make sure the all scaffolding procedures are following OSHA and Joe Biden's new federal protocols. Oh, and also just a shout out, the weekly perennial will still be continuing, but it will be with baseball and the payouts will be nowhere near as big, but we'll still be boosting it. So thanks again, points bet. Love it. And wait, what are you referencing DEFCON 1? Um, I don't know what it is exactly, but Booger McFarland <laughs> Twitter would tweet it out when like a big college football team was losing to a pup, cupcake. He'd say like DEFCON level one, DEFCON level one's the worst, DEFCON level five, you don't panic. Mayday, mayday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Hey, May will bring back Mayday, but yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, well, boys, any closing thoughts? Yeah, we did. Fade Spieth, Fade Spieth and it's John, John Rahm's year. We didn't talk about any any baseball at all, but uh, the White Sox defense is killing them. Michael Kopech looks phenomenal. Happy and, uh, back. Who's back? He's and back. I think I think Nick Madrigal might just stink. I don't know for sure, but it sure it sure feels like it right now. Wait, wait, one quick thing, just because I got it on the television right now. F one drive to survive. Oh, that's I hate, awesome! I hate NASCAR. I hate I hate I I despise racing. I started watching this Netflix show because of you and a, and a colleague of mine telling me how good it was, Dave. Oh, it's great. It's unbelievable. I'm I'm halfway through. So now what I've been doing this week is I'm only allowed to watch it when I'm walking on the treadmill, so I have to earn it. Oh, you Um so I'll I've watched four I'm four episodes in. They're like 38 minutes. That's 38 minutes on the incline. I got to burn off this fat. We got patty season tarps off coming up soon. Got got to shed the weight. Wait, wait, you're you're four episodes into what? Season 3? Season 3. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm not even done with season two yet. I, no spoilers. I gotta... Season three is already better than the other two. Season one, really? they talk about they talk about Haas oh. and Williams too much, and no one gives a flying fuck about that. Yeah, that's because Netflix is an American thing, and they thought they'd care, but no, dude. No one gave a shit. And now the, the America loves winners, winners, and they love their Benz. Yeah, season three. Season three so far, they've already talked about uh, Mercedes and Ferrari way more, and uh, and Red Bull, all the teams that you actually like have heard of and some of these guys that you've heard of before even watching this. So you got to get through that. Cause the next race is April 18th. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to bring up. This is perfect timing. But the thing that sucks is since we live in America, these th- races are going to be on ESPN, ESPN two, like at four in the morning or something. It's going to suck. Oh, no, God they, well, like six. Sometimes they're not that bad. Sometimes if they're in Europe, oh, what, they're bad. They're early. One guy, one guy on that show. I absolutely hate him. I like, I almost respect him because he's such an arrogant, cocky motherfucker. But, uh, the guy on Red Bull, the COO, Christian Haar, who's the guy, he is so arrogant and cocky. It's just unbelievable to me. But I guess when you're the best of the best, you have to have that mindset. Right. Well, he was good for so long, too, and, like, they couldn't be yeah. stopped. Um, and now he's, and now he's like, trying to chase Mercedes. But, yeah, I'm, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to watch because now 
of course, like as you get through the start going through the seasons, you start to decide like who you actually like and you make decisions purely based off of which of these owners and principals and like team leaders and drivers are assholes and who you like. So it's it's fun. Dan yeah, no. hey, Daniel Ricardo. I mean you gotta no spoilers. You'll have to you'll have to make your own decisions by the hey, end. Hey boys, boys. All I gotta say is October F one comes to Austin, Texas. I know it's the only American circuit. Think I'm about it. Think about it. I know. Well, the problem is tickets are going to be outrageous. It's always super expensive. I, I think. Well, hey, we don't have to go now. there. But, hey, we don't have to go to the race. I mean, there's probably buildings around the racetrack that you can get rooftop access to. Well, I'm not going to go and not go to the race. We could see a Texas football game instead. It's, it's lunacy. We should go to a college football game this this fall. Oh, I'll be going. Uh, hey, I would go. To, I would go to Austin for a college football game because I know McConaughey is going to be there. Okay. There's not enough. There's not enough McConaughey footage in the entire world <laughs> for you to sleep well, <laughs> knowing what you've done. Hey, that's a seven. That's a seven-hour audio book. That was a great, a great gift <laughs> by you boys. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm listening to it again. Seriously. Hey, when you're on the treadmill, when you're on the treadmill watching F1 drive to survive, I'm listening to McConaughey uh, instead, get get a little, get a little motivation, but all right, that's, that's, that's enough for today. Um, Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Another great episode. Gentlemen, gentlemen, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, Golf is fully back. We're going to get a couple good naps in. Uh, we've got a couple great plays uh, outlined for you listeners, a couple favorites that we like, uh, as well as a couple uh, dark horses that, you know, don't put a lot on there. Just just sprinkle the infield a little bit on, on a few of those plays, and I, I think you might, might have a pretty good shot at making some dough. So, uh, boys, thanks for hopping on again, as always. We'll uh, catch up with everybody next week. See you.